0: chapter sixteen of imperium in imperio by sutton griggs this librivox recording is in the public domain unwritten history belton smiling locked his arm in bernard's and said come with me i will explain it all to you they walked down the aisle together at the sight of these two most conspicuous representatives of all that was good and great in the race moving down the aisle side by side the audience began to cheer wildly and a band of musicians began playing hail to the chief all of this was inexplicable to bernard but he was soon to learn what and how much it meant belton escorted him across the campus to the small but remarkably pretty white cottage with green vines clinging to trellis-work all around it here they entered the rooms were furnished with rare and antique furniture and were so tastefully arranged as to astonish and please even bernard who had been accustomed from childhood to choice luxuriant magnificence they entered a side-room overlooking a beautiful lawn which could boast of lovely flowers and rose bushes scattered here and there they sat down facing each other bernard was a bundle of expectancy he had passed through enough to make him so belton said bernard i am now about to put the keeping of the property the liberty and the very lives of over seven million five hundred thousand people into your hands bernard opened his eyes wide in astonishment and waited for belton to further explain himself realize said belton that i am carefully weighing each remark i make and am fully conscious of how much my statement involves bernard bowed his head in solemn thought viola's recent death the blood-curdling experiences of the day and now belton's impressive words all united to make that a sober moment with him as sober as any that he had ever had in his life he looked belton in the face and said may revengeful lightning transfix me with her fiercest bolts may hell's most fiery pillars roll in fury around me may i be despised of man and forgotten of my god if i ever knowingly in the slightest way do aught to betray this solemn this most sacred trust belton gazed fondly on the handsome features of his noble friend and sighed to think that only the colouring of his skin prevented him from being enrolled upon the scroll containing the names of the very noblest sons of earth arousing himself as from a reverie he drew near to bernard and said i must begin another government complete in every detail exercising the sovereign right of life and death over its subjects has been organized and maintained within the united states for many years this government has a population of seven million two hundred and fifty thousand do you mean all that you say belton asked bernard eagerly i shall in a short time submit to you positive proofs of my assertion you shall find that i have not overstated anything but belton how in the world can such a thing be when i who am thoroughly conversant with every movement of any consequence have not even dreamed of such a thing all of that shall be made perfectly clear to you in the course of the narrative which i shall now relate bernard leaned forward anxious to hear what purported to be one of the most remarkable and at the same time one of the most important things connected with modern civilization belton began you will remember bernard that there lived in the early days of the american republic a negro scientist who won an international reputation by his skill and erudition in our school days we spoke of him often because of his learning and consequent usefulness this negro enjoyed the association of the moving spirits of the revolutionary period by the publication of a book of science which outranked any other book of the day that treated of the same subject this negro became A very wealthy man of course the book is now obsolete science having made such great strides since his day this wealthy negro secretly gathered other free negroes together and organized a society that had a twofold object the first object was to endeavour to secure for the free negroes all the rights and privileges of men according to the teachings of thomas jefferson its other object was to secure the freedom of the enslaved negroes the world over all work was done by this organization with the sole stipulation that it should be used for the furtherance of the two above named objects of the society and for those objects alone during slavery this organization confined its membership principally to free negroes as those who were yet in physical bondage were supposed to have aspirations for nothing higher than being released from chains and were therefore not prepared to eagerly aspire to the enjoyment of the highest privileges of freedom when the war of secession was over and all negroes were free the society began to cautiously spread its membership among the emancipated they conducted a campaign of education which in every case preceded an attempt at securing members this campaign of education had for its object the instruction of the negro as to what real freedom was he was taught that being released from chains was but the lowest form of liberty and that he was no more than a common cur if he was satisfied with simply that that much was all they taught that a dog howled for they made use of jefferson's writings educating the negro to feel that he was not in the full enjoyment of his rights until he was on terms of equality with any other human being that was alive or had ever lived this society used its influence secretly to have appointed over southern schools of all kinds for negroes such teachers as would take especial pains to teach the negro to aspire for equality with all other races of men they were instructed to pay especial attention to the history of the united states during the revolutionary period thus the campaign of education moved forward the negroes gained political ascendancy in many southern states but were soon hurled from power by force in some quarters and by fraud in others the negroes turned their eyes to the federal government for redress and a guarantee of their rights the federal government said take care of yourselves we are powerless to help you the civil rights bill was declared null and void by the supreme court an honest election bill was defeated in congress by james g blaine and others separate coach laws were declared by the supreme court to be constitutional state constitutions were revised and so amended as to nullify the amendment of the federal constitution giving the negro the right to vote more than sixty thousand defenseless negroes were unlawfully slain governors would announce publicly that they favored lynching the federal government would get elected to power by condemning these outrages and when there would confess its utter helplessness one president plainly declared what was already well known that the only thing that they could do would be to create a healthy sentiment this secret organization of which we have been speaking decided that some means must be found to do what the general government could not do because of a defect in the constitution they decided to organize a general government that would protect the negro and his rights this course of action decided upon the question was as to how this could be done and most quickly and successfully you well know that the negro has been a marvelous success since the war as a builder of secret societies one member of this patriotic secret society of which we have been speaking conceived the idea of making use of all of these secret orders already formed by negroes the idea met with instant approval a house was found already to hand these secret orders were all approached and asked to add one more degree and let this added a degree be the same in every negro society this proposition was accepted and the government formed at once each order remained save in this last degree where all were one this last degree was nothing more nor less than a compact government exercising all the functions of a nation the grand purpose of the government was so apparent and so needful of attention that men rushed into this last degree pledging their lives to the new government all differences between the race were to be settled by this government as it had a well organized judiciary negroes members of this government were to be no longer seen fighting negroes before prejudiced white courts an army was organized and every able-bodied citizen enlisted after the adjournment of the lodge sessions army drills were always executed a congress was duly elected one member for every fifty thousand citizens branch legislatures were formed in each state except in a few but important particulars the constitution was modeled after that of the united states there is only one branch to our congress the members of which are elected by a majority vote for an indefinite length of time and may be recalled at any time by a majority vote this congress passes laws relating to the general welfare of our people and whenever a bill is introduced in the congress of the united states affecting our race it is also introduced and debated here every race question submitted to the united states judiciary is also submitted to our own a record of our decisions as kept side by side with the decisions of the united states the money which the scientists left was wisely invested and at the conclusion of the civil war amounted to many millions good land at the south was offered after the war for twenty-five cents an acre these millions were expended in the purchase of such lands and our treasury is now good for five hundred million dollars our citizens own about three hundred and fifty million dollars and all of this is pledged to our government in case it is needed we have at our disposal therefore eight hundred and fifty million dollars this money can be used by the government in any way that it sees fit so long as it is used to secure the recognition of the rights of our people they are determined to be free and will give their lives as freely as they have given their property this place is known as jefferson college but it is in reality the capital of our government and those whom you have just left are the congressmen but belton broke in bernard how does it happen that i have been excluded from all this that is explained in this way the relation of your mother to the anglo-saxon race has not been clearly understood and you and she have been under surveillance for many years it was not until recently deemed advisable to let you in your loyalty to the race never having fully been tested i have been a member of four years while i was at stowe university though young man i was chairman of the bureau of education and had charge of the work of educating the race upon the doctrine of human liberty while i was at cadeville louisiana that was my work though not attracting public attention i was sowing seed broadcast after my famous case i was elected to congress here and soon thereafter chosen speaker which position i now hold i shall now come to the matters that concern you our constitution expressly stipulates that the first president of our government should be a man whom the people unanimously desired each congressman had to be instructed to vote for the same man else there would be no election this was done because it was felt that the responsibility of the first president would be so great and have such a formative influence that he should be the selection of the best judgment of the entire nation in the second place this would ensure his having a united nation at his back again this forcing the people to be unanimous would have a tendency to heal dissensions within their ranks in other words we needed a george washington various men have been put forward for this honor and vigorous campaigns have been waged in their behalf but these all failed of the necessary unanimous vote at last one young man arose who was brilliant and sound genial and true great and good on every tongue was his name and in every heart his image unsolicited by him unknown to him the nation by its unanimous voice has chosen him the president of our beloved government this day he has unflinchingly met the test that our congress decreed and has come out of the furnace purer than gold he feared death no more than the caress of a mother when he felt that that death was to be suffered in behalf of his oppressed people i have the great honour on this the proudest occasion of my life to announce that i am commissioned to inform you that the name of our president is bernard belgrave you sir are president of the imperium in imperio the name of our government and to you we devote our property our lives our all promising to follow your banner in every post of danger until it is planted on Freedom's Hill. You are given three months in which to verify all of my claims and give us answer as to whether you will serve us. Bernard took three months to examine into the reality and stability of the Imperium. He found it well-nigh perfect in every part and presented a form of government unexcelled by that of any other nation. End of chapter Sixteen.